Engine Inspection presents Kissing Concrete. This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Kissing Concrete. Visit mjmunoz.com slash kc for notes and links. And don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment to help me grow. So I have uh, continued to watch Concrete Revolution. I did not get back to it as quickly as I had hoped, but that's okay. Sometimes life finds a way and sometimes life gets in the way and that's just part of life, isn't it? But anyway, speaking of uh, things just being part of life, the uh, second episode of Concrete Revolution, it, uh, I pulled a quote from it because I like to pull quotes because I think quotes are important because you don't know what someone's thinking until they do something or say something and you can't put an action on the... Uh, you know, as the title of an episode, unless it's like, uh, you know, Hiteyoshi kicks, you know, Furota. Uh, but that didn't happen this episode. So anyway, uh, my poll quote or whatever for the episode is, uh, what is it? Stay the way you are. I'll have it written up, but it's basically the sentiment is stay the way you are, which is a little bit ironic because it's written or it's written. It's spoken from Jiro Hiteyoshi to, uh, Furota, and Furota can't change because of the fact that he is this, you know, ghost, and I don't, like, I'm not even going to try to dig into the definition of ghost that they're using here, because no one seems to know what they are, they're not yokai, as far as we can tell, they're not a dead person, like, is not a dead child, uh, unless the deal is that all dead children in Japan, uh, in the Concrete Revolution world, turn into, or some... I guess if all ghosts in Japan are the ghosts of dead children, I guess that could be something. But uh, according to him, or the way he talks, the, the, from his dialogue with Kiko, it sounds like Ferrota is going to either age not at all or uh, very slowly. And it was the dub line, but I don't know that it was the original Japanese line. But uh, he's uh, infatuated with Kiko, and he says something like, Where have you been all my afterlife? Which is admittedly a very funny line. Uh, but it kind of uh, throws things into question for me even more because I'm trying to understand the technicalities of everything because that's the way my analytical mind works. I want to know, well, is it his afterlife or is it just his life or whatever? Because while he is a ghost, um, that doesn't mean what it might, what you might think it means. Like, uh, apparently he can sort of be hit by objects. Uh, he can pass through them though on his volition but he can't pass through living matter. So I don't know what that means. And again, I don't know if that's some sort of, you know, technical, uh, you know, type of Japanese ghost that I don't know about because I'm not Japanese and I haven't studied enough of the lore um, or what, but that's not really significant to the, uh, the point of the episode. The point of the episode is that Furota doesn't change over time. His outfit does change though. Uh, we get to see him in at least two different era outfits in this episode, if not more. But regardless of that, uh, he doesn't really change as a person, except he kind of does. Uh, he claims that he can't understand what all is going on, and he asks Jiro if that's because he's a kid, and he'll always be a kid, so he'll never be able to understand all the complex things that are going on. And uh, one more note, this takes place uh, between 41 and 47 of the era, and versus the first episode, I think it was 41 to 44, or maybe it was... It was 45 or 42. It was like a four to five year gap. I can't remember which one, but it was, they both started in 41 and the first one was, uh, 
less farther back in time. It went less farther back in time, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So anyway, this is even even after Kiko learns the truth about Jiro, um, Hirota stays with the Superhuman Bureau, which I could see him doing out of naivete and ignorance because Jiro votes for him to be, everybody else votes for Jiro to be not included in the Superhuman Bureau, not be inducted into it. Um, but he, Jiro, is the he I'm talking about here. Jiro says that he wants uh, Farota to be there because he, Farota looks at the Superhuman Bureau uh, naively as being purely good, being people who stop uh, evil superhumans and who protect and defend and help good superhumans. And uh, I think some people like contradict Ferota either directly to him or just in how they're saying things um, and he's either willfully ignorant or he isn't picking up on it because he lacks something that disables him from from really realizing what's going on really catching what's going on and I don't know if him not recognizing Kampei as uh, in her you know two forms that he saw her in in the, the year 41 is supposed to be a clue about his naivete and about his um, like lack of perception or whatever. But I mean, it could be, it could be, it could also just be the contrivance for the sake of the tragedy because uh, you know, spoilers, I'm sure you've already seen the episode. Um, the entire uh, Tartaros Bugman uh, people gets wiped out by this virus that uh, the Superhuman Bureau uh, delivers to um, delivers to the uh, Diet where the uh, <laughs> where the Tartaros Bugmen are attacking and uh, Ferota volunteers to do that so he can prove himself worthy of becoming part of the Superhuman Bureau and so that he can uh, basically so he can be close to Kiko, stay close to Kiko, so he can win her affections because he's definitely interested in her. And I don't know that there are more subtle points to uh, draw from that or to examine or whatever, but uh, I do find it to be uh, interesting, an interesting turn of events. Whoops, is I not supposed to do that? Um, and uh, anyway, um, I find it to be very interesting, but what what is sticking with me more is I'm examining uh, this show, Concrete Revolution, as part of Henshin Inspection because I wanted to really dive into it and, and take a deep look into it to figure out what are they saying about Henshin Heroes uh, because, you know, everybody or, you know, the show takes place in a world full of Henshin Hero type people. So, uh, you know, given that that's the case, I'm trying to figure out what exactly uh, it says about Henshin Heroes, and I can't really, uh, I can't really define it just yet. It's, like I said, it's very interesting to me that, you know, there was this quote from Jiro telling Hitoyoshi, or sorry, not he that is Hitoyoshi, telling Furuota to not change and to stay the way he is and that it's fine. Um, and, you know, I find it interesting because that kind of cuts multiple ways. Um, it definitely cuts against my uh, my assumption or my desire to 
analyze this as a show about henshin heroes and what it means to be a henshin hero and what it means to change, especially because I had in my original definition of what makes a henshin hero a henshin hero is the fact that they do change. And being that uh, that's what I was thinking, that's where I'm coming from, this kind of uh, messes with that. However, if I apply myself a little and I think about it a different way, uh, Jiro is the one who's undergone change. Jiro is the one who is different and who has been made different by his circumstances. And uh, there's this a, a whole side point or a, a, like a tangent that I want to go off on. Uh, Hijiyoshi, Jiro, pink haired guy, real pale skin, is supposedly the son of uh, Dr. Hitoyoshi, the dark haired guy, or dark skin, dark hair, long hair, like almost dreadlocked. No, it's not almost dreadlocks, but it is long hair. A uh, guy with the glasses who owns the house that he, that uh, Jiro and Emmy are living in together. Uh, anyway, I, I don't really know what's going on there, but uh, it's, it's very interesting that they look so different, and I wonder if Jiro is his son, but not his son, uh, and how exactly it is that the two of them are related, being that they look so darn different. So, anyway, that's that's just another thing to get into later, but I, I hope that'll be expounded upon, and I, I wonder if that's going to be kind of a, a send-up or a play on Kikaider um, and uh, Dr... Was it Dr. Light, or is that only... Uh, I don't remember his name now. I, I think kind of think it is Dr. Light, but it might not be. That might just be in Mega Man, but I thought they were super similar. Because aren't they both, they both, Mega Man and Kikaider both have an evil Dr. Gill, but maybe the doc, the good doctor has a different name. That's probably what it is, if I'm remembering correctly. Anyway, um, my point is, what I'm driving at is, uh, I think Jiro has been changed, and I think Jiro has become increasingly more changed, and he's been hurt by the things that have happened to him, and he's trying to protect uh, Furota from having to change. And I think that that was kind of the point he was trying to make because Furota basically committed genocide against um, against the Bug Girls people, against, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember her name right now, but she was the Kampe. She was the, you know, the princess or whatever of the uh, Tartaros Bugmen, and she, you know, she was their future queen, but she was young when she was captured, and she was unable to uh, stay with her people because Furota released the, uh, the vaccine, or the virus, rather. Whoops, was, was that a Freudian slip? Anyway, he released the virus, and it ended up killing her people, and, you know, then she wanted vengeance against him, and it's interesting because she points out to him that, you know, the fact that he looks the same, and she's grown up, and they're so different is why they can't be friends, but she, she flies off and leaves anyway because Jiro kind of presses upon her that, like, hey, you were friends at one time, and, you know, that's why this hurts so much more what he did to you. So, kind of, well, uh, kind of examining the naivete uh, that a child can have because um, Furota, the, again, going back to this point, the reason Jiro wants Furota to be part of the Superhuman Bureau is because he really believes that, he's a true believer, He believe, he's a true believer, he believes that they are exclusively good, that that's all they do, and Jiro wants him there as a painful reminder that that isn't all they do, but I'm thinking it's because he wants him to remind him of what they're supposed to be about, and what they're supposed to do, and the good that they are supposed to represent, even if uh, they don't always do that, even if they stray from that, which I think is laudable and mature and nuanced and interesting. But it's funny because you have all that, it's not funny, it's purposeful and pointed that you have Jiro who's so world-weary and who wants to, 
do right and do good, but he knows he can't always. Um, and sometimes he knows he has to do the wrong thing on purpose. Um, and he wants this sweet, naive young kid to stay with him, to keep him on the straight and narrow if possible. And, uh, you know, Furoch is there to like keep him in check basically, which I find really interesting, which makes it all the, all, all the worse and all the more tragic when Furota, you know, accidentally wipes out the Tartarus Bugman, especially when it turns out that the Tartarus Bugman were innocent, that the uh, Japanese government had made a deal with them, but then the men uh, ended up, the men, the government, however you want to consider that, ended up, um, forsaking their deal, turning their back on the deal, uh, probably for the sake of more money because they wanted to get those sweet developer yen to uh, build up buildings and stuff. And they destroyed the forest that the, uh, the uh, Tartarus Bugman were supposed to live in. And uh, I just find that very interesting. I like how, basically, so a thing that this is doing is it's examining the nuance of justice and things like that. Because Furota, he was, you know, acting impulsively to impress Kiko, but he thought he was doing something good. He thought he was being heroic and that through being heroic, he would impress her and, uh, you know, win her heart. So he did an evil thing for a misguided, foolish reason, but trying to do the right thing. So if your intentions are wrong or you're ignorant, you can go ahead and think you're doing justice while enacting great evil. I think that's a very interesting uh, point or, or idea that's, you know, played out in this episode. Uh, another thing I have to say is that um, the, you know, Japanese government, uh, the Diet being under attack because of how they had harmed the Tartarus Bugman and had turned against them uh, is a nice, interesting point of nuance. And uh, I guess it just shows that you can't always trust certain people to keep their commitments. You can't always trust, uh, you know, that whatever the government does is going to be good. And I think that kind of skepticism and that, you know, realism is uh, is refreshing, especially in contrast to like Furota's childlike um, wonder and childlike trust uh, that he represents. And, you know, that's definitely something that, uh, you know, good versus evil, you know, white hat versus black hat or whatever you want to say, um, that's something very easy to come away with uh, from a lot of tokusatsu, I would say, uh, a lot of henshin hero shows. But, uh, you know, so it makes the, uh, the nuance, I think, all the more appreciated for, uh, you know, Concrete Revolution having it here. So I, th I thought that was pretty cool um, when it's all said and done. So I've, uh, I kind of rambled along um, and I think I'm going to go ahead and stop there. I, you know, acknowledge the fact that this wasn't extremely henshin hero-y, but then I was able to, uh, to pull it back and, and find a way that it's examining you know, what it means to be a henshin hero. And again, like that ironic, you know, stay as you are, don't change, you know, why not? Uh, you know, I examine the reasons why Jiro wouldn't want uh, Furota to have to change because change is hard and change is painful and change is necessary. And uh, for some people, I, you know, Furota is a special case. He doesn't have to change. He doesn't have to grow. He doesn't have to be forced to acknowledge all the more evil truths of the world, or at least that's what Jiro wants to believe. And I wonder if that's because Jiro wants to uh, protect uh, Furota from having to go through the things that he's gone through and experience the heartache and the sorrow that he's had to, and especially um, to you know live with the guilt of the sorts of things that he's had to do as well. Like I don't know how many you know good superhumans Jiro has killed, um, but it, it definitely seems like he's trying not to kill them. But it seems like the Superhuman Bureau is okay with him killing them. So it's, uh, you know, even more complicated there and, uh, you know, more enjoyable because of that, that nuance and that richness.
So I want to thank you for your time and attention. I ask that you come back. Uh, Concrete Revolution is like a totally fresh new thing for me. Um, I don't know what's coming. I don't know how well it's going to fit into the box that I'm trying to fit it into for examining henshin heroes like this, but uh, I'm enjoying the episodes. You know, that's that's one thing. And if you're watching along, I hope you're enjoying them too. And uh, if you've got any feedback or, or criticism or pointers for me to help bring me into, uh, you know, like a, a better understanding of everything that's going on and a, a way to focus better on how it examines henshin heroes, I'd love to hear that. And maybe it's just examining the justice aspect of henshin heroes. And that's all this episode was meant to do, not so much um, the transformational part of them. Uh, but the justice part is definitely very important. Uh, that being said, I'm going to ask that you visit mgmunios.com for all my stuff. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and sign off and say uh, peace and blessings to you. I hope that you take care of yourselves. And remember, folks, you don't have to shout henshin to be a hero.